tonight on Rogue Padron. Is it a boffin? Who therapies the therapist? It's the captain. The queer squadron in the New Republic. And all emails are bad, but this one is the worst. This is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue Six standing by. Rogue Seven standing by. Rogue Nine standing by. Rogue Three standing by. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Season 18, Mission 4, Episode 146 of Rogue Padron. Tonight, we are continuing with Alphabet Squad, Alphabet Padron, um, Mission 3. And so we are doing Alphabet Squadron, colon, Free Fall. Nope, that's not what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting author name and book name confused there, I think. Yeah, sh- sh- Shadowfall. <laughs> By Alexander Shadowdren. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, chapters 7 through 9. But before we jump into that, here's a quick reminder of your host. If Ash Rogue 9 was a game you can find in a casino, she would be video poker because it's poker, but like without all of the people because you don't want to <laughs> be with the people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, these are a little bit mean this time. Danny, Rogue Six. I mean, it's yeah. accurate, I guess. So. I don't know why you always give that warning before you start reading my intro. <laughs> Danny, Rogue Six would be slots because it's chill and like pretty reliable that you probably won't lose all of your money, but also just really popular with old people. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like grand, like the elderly really appreciate you, Danny. It is a vibe you give uh, Blinking white guy duck gif. <laughs> I am relevant to the youth. <laughs> Danny's on TikTok. I tick the talk. They're, they're super oh. relevant to the youth. Oh boy. <laughs> TikTok because, makes me feel ancient. Just because you're on TikTok doesn't mean that you're relevant. Not only am I on TikTok, but I have tick the talked. Wait, TikTok? How? What is? Mm. No, nope, you've already you've lost it. Talking, TikToking. As as the youngest member of Rogue Pod, I feel like you're very relevant with me in particular. So I'm just going <laughs> to speak for the youths, as it, even though I'm not a youth or anywhere. Very relevant with the Ash Rendar demographic, which I'll take. <laughs> the best demographic. You're very popular with the Ash Rendar. <laughs> Great. One out of one Ash Rendars identifies as relevant. Sav <laughs> <laughs> Rogue Seven would be roulette because it's just chance. 
Gravity's a chance and you get to spin you're, a thing. You're really not supposed to know. It's a mystery. I love roulette. Like, I would never play it because I would lose all my money. It's the best odds in the house, though. And no, at any game of chance, you will discover that I have the worst luck. I am like the opposite of John117 Master Chief, whose entire thing is luck. I am the opposite of that. I would fail miserably. John I, have a, I, I have a follow-up question to that then, Sav. Yes, yes. Do you just roll terribly in D&D then? Oh, I roll so bad. I have to quarantine my dice all the time. <laughs> like when my dice rolls like 10 times and it rolls bad i'm just like you're out you're out okay, i have four I d20s like, what do you mean i have four d20s for this reason and i know i know in theory the odds of rolling high the more you roll are probably getting higher i did i was actually really good at probability in high school which is very ironic because probability hates me i guess we'll never i love how you said four d20s like that's a lot meanwhile i'm sitting here no, no. with my lord knows how many d20 i know i know people have more but i have four d20s every time i play specifically oh. for that reason <laughs> like i have four in my little tiny dice bag which has all of the dice relevant to me for my character um <laughs> and i only ever i pull out all four at the start of the game and when one fails me too many times it goes back in the bag this is now ash and saf's D D hour <laughs> I'm sorry. Heath! I, yeah. <laughs> nope. Heath Rogue 3 will not be joining us tonight because he had to do the worst thing in the universe move. Um, but he would be craps because I don't understand it, but I know it doesn't like snakes, and Heath does not like snakes. Really? And, and I'm Meg, Rogue Leader, and I would be Blackjack because yeah! I'm accustomed to shouting, hit me. You know what? I, I knew you would be Blackjack. I didn't expect it to be that reason, but I knew you'd be Blackjack. <laughs> Why? Why else? <laughs> Blackjack just feels like the coolest one in the room. You know, you go in and it's like, oh, there's Blackjack. Yeah. I've never been in a casino before, for the record. The Are you suggesting that Meg and not the extremely relevant Danny is the coolest one in the room? The odds of Blackjack are the worst in that. Hey, I feel like I feel like we can all agree that Meg is the coolest out of all of us. I, Danny, yeah. Danny, I was trying to think of a good way to put this. Like, I love you, and you are very funny. Like, you are the probably the funniest person on Rogue Quadrant, but you are not the coolest person on Rogue Quadrant. <laughs> all right, speaking of Saf <laughs> dealing harsh truths, I have a question about Star Wars. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> Danny, um, did you come prepared for this today? I did. Yeah, I'm so proud oh. of you. I mean, it helps that the Mandalorian premieres in four days. Oh, yeah, that does help. So, like, how are you feeling about the Mandalorian team? You know, my favorite thing about the Mandalorian ex- right now is that uh, it comes out on Halloween in New Zealand. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I've basically reached the point of with Mandalorian that, like, I haven't had anything to look forward to for months except for the Mandalorian. <laughs> and I'm not going to let some transphobe ruin that for me. So, yeah. And that might be a selfish way to look at it. But um, yeah, I'm excited to see that baby and I, the hot, and, and Pedro Pascal's face, hopefully. Or I'm in just a similar Pedro place Pascal under that. a helmet. Yeah, yeah, I'm in a similar place to that. That like Mandalorian has been something I've been looking forward to for so long, and like there are so many other good people on the crew and cast that I'm like they deserve the support. But also, I do remember how much joy Mandalorian brought me last last year. It was last year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This year has been so long. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was that, last like, October, yeah. I want the Star Wars fandom to have that joy again, because it felt so nice being in the fandom at that point in time. And I want that again, and I miss the Podrilorian, so like... There was like that it. brief one month where nobody was complaining. 
Yeah, everyone was so nice. <laughs> it was so good. Everyone was just excited about the baby and the Mandalorian. And for some reason, I became like a fan of Mandalorians out of yeah, nowhere. It was weird. <laughs> it was so um, weird. I'm really excited to break out my Podrilorian accent again. I'm oh, so yeah. excited. I'm, that's the best part. I'm really excited for that part. <laughs> yeah, that's a good good thing to be excited for. Um, I didn't watch whatever trailer dropped during football. Um, last you're week. Too, you were too excited and invested in the game, right? What was you're I like, doing last night? You're Monday? like, how can I avert my eyes from this football game to watch this trailer? I don't remember what happened last Monday. Oh, I made eggs. <laughs> <laughs> also a reasonable distraction. <laughs> Mate, I was busy with the eggs. <laughs> but yeah, I, I again like going into it without knowing much because like when Mandalorian first aired, I didn't care about it because I thought it was going to be broy because it really gave no indication that it wasn't going to be broy. Um and so like I'm just I'm ready to uh, to experience it. But mostly bring back my ex. <laughs> oh god, I love that accent. <laughs> It's not it's not a southern accent, it's my Padrelorian accent. And it's a great accent. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of nice that we've created ourselves we've created the reason to be excited for the show, right? Yeah. Because yeah. it's the only chance you have to use this very fun accent. I mean, I could make more chances, but this is <laughs> this is the the where it's like really supposed to be. This is it's where it's it's where you're not going to get a lot of weird looks and questionable glances. Yeah, yeah, and like I'm supposed to be sounding like this, so I don't need I, no one's going to judge me. The audience expects it from us. Right. Right. And they'll be disappointed if I don't have some new cowboy verbiage to use. Verbiage. And even though we're constantly disappointed by them, we still refuse to disappoint our audience. It's true. <laughs> do we? <laughs> <laughs> we have not once disappointed our audience, and I yeah, stick by that. Yeah, I can't that. think of a single time that we have disappointed our audience. You know, that's really a point. I we think... read I Jedi. Yeah, you know, that's your... we did that for y'all. We did that for our glisteners, and that's uh, how far we will go for our glisteners. I don't. I I don't want to throw the word martyr out there. Like that's that's a that's a pretty big word. But I also don't not want to throw that word out there. If you know what right. I mean. If yeah. our glisteners said that. It wouldn't be out of place, you know? Right, it wouldn't right. be out of, yeah. I, it wouldn't I, I would, be incorrect. I, I wouldn't say no, yeah, anyway. We're not I'm, saying that, we're just lightly suggesting it. Right. We're saying yeah. that y that our glisteners could say that about us. Yeah, yeah, it's entirely in the realm of possibility, you know? Yeah. And it could come in the form of a five-star review, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Yes! <laughs> Gently slides iTunes across the table. <laughs> we're very, We're very hungry. Please. I'm so we hungry. Starving. <laughs> anyway, hungry. getting back to the transphobe, I just wanted to say that I kind of agree with Ash actually on this. And, and we kind of talked about this a little bit last month when the Gina Crown stuff was just coming out. But I really, I really have come around to the fact that like it's unfortunate that she has those views. And every TV show or movie that I've ever enjoyed in my life has had at least one person somewhere in production of that thing that has had those awful views. Guaranteed. Mm -hmm. And like, it's unfortunate that this happens to be a very vocal individual who I have to look at her face constantly. Um, 
but that doesn't change the fact that there are for her there's probably 10 every one of her there's at least 10 you know really decent people who also i mean work on we already show. know that and, like, and we um, know one of them is pedro pascal exactly yeah, we yeah. know pedro pascal is like not fond of that and that like in itself is a reason that i do want to support him in the show you know yeah. like the lead character also baby yoda would never accept that. exactly that well, puppet is the purest yeah. being the only puppet acceptable been. the only acceptable puppet <laughs> that is a bold um, take that we don't have time to get into <laughs> um can i can i just very quickly uh self-promote here i just want to say that tourist my my novel if if you ever want to read that and make it your favorite thing it has no transphobes involved whatsoever in fact i am the only cis person involved in that team oh just saying because i have danny here as my amazing editor and i had damon <laughs> my my partner um who put it together for me into ebook format because i am i am awful at that stuff so tourist available at itch.io slash wanderlusted nope it's wanderlusted.itch.io i know how things work go get tourist um anyways speaking of not letting our listeners down let's get into yeah the yeah no one's let let's down get sad for our listeners. no one's let down in this book <laughs> nobody at all is let down this is definitely great. not this is in these chapters specifically <laughs> I will have you know that I specifically chose not to end this on a... Well, it is ending on a cliffhanger. I feel it's like it's hard with these books. Bad, but it is not on the cliffhanger. Place. It could yeah, have been Saf, on. this is an extremely rude cliffhanger <laughs> what you're talking about. It could have been on the cliffhanger from the previous chapter, to, I'm just saying. To be fair, I don't think that there is a place where it's going to be good to be left off at. Yeah, I'm just saying so it could every, have been worse. Let's be, let's be realistic here. Every part of this book is emotionally devastating. <laughs> There's yeah. no Higher book. There's no like happy place to like put a pin in it for next week. Right, right. I'm just being like, and then everyone like went to bed and they all felt okay. They all got eight hours of sleep and woke up early for a full breakfast. Like they're full we're never breakfast gonna... that they enjoyed together. Right. All we want for our app squad children is for them to just go to bed and get up and have a full breakfast. Why is that so much to ask of you, Alexander Shadowson? <laughs> 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 um, I'm always laughing. They're saying that we're off to a great start. <laughs> I know you're saying Shadowson like it's a last name, but I'm also hearing Shadow San, aka Carmen San Diego. <laughs> like, like you're just like you. Let's like you know he's a secret weeb, and you're just calling him Shadow San. <laughs> That's his well, own. he does That's listen to this a... podcast, so just let us know in the secret Slack channel that we have just for you, or Discord yeah. channel that we have just for you, Alex. Shadow-san, Onigai, like, let us know. That's Freed's private Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I hope. <laughs> I'm going to be so disappointed when one day I find out he does not like anime. <laughs> Just preserve the illusion, Freed. Yeah, I don't. I don't <laughs> want to know. <laughs> so, <laughs> Soren, he is no politician, but he can at least tell when people like him and when they don't, which is a good life skill. And hey, man, maybe more people would like you if you weren't an imperial who then betrayed his imperial people on issue, then abandoned good sense to go back to the bad guys. Mm. <clears throat> Just saying. The morning after their last attack, Sauron is like, 
oh yeah, these guys like me right now because they realize I'm really a big smarty pants thinky man, so it's time to tell them my plan, which they will now like because they see I am a genius. He briefly, you could tell I was in a mood when I wrote these notes. <laughs> I mean, Soren deserves it, so like, yeah. He briefly considers how their recent raid on the Perosa 7 outpost, I almost said Perosa V outpost like a fool, is more like piracy, which is unbecoming of Imperials. But hey, the rebels did worse, right? Right? We're sitting annihilating an outpost run by one Parwin family for generations, which was a forest home to over 70 of these big mushroom folk who are now all dead. Yeah, I think not, my man. Mm. <laughs> I really, I know we have said this many times, but you really should have stayed as Devon. <laughs> yeah, you really should have. Um, he thinks the galaxy was a touch less wondrous without them. Whose oh. fault do you think that is, Advisor Keys? Oh. I would you, just like to... This... This bitch. Like, this fucker. The, the more inner dialogue we have of him, the more I'm like, you motherfucking, like... You have to be a white guy at this point. Like, I just... <clears throat> there is a good man inside of him that he is suffocating. He's and that good deliberately man is has, like, bullied into a locked chest that has, like, several chains around it and some padlocks. Like, his original goal here was to abandon, like, to leave the Empire, hoping that all of his people would leave with him, right? Like, he was like, I'm gonna make a good... Uh, thing and they were gonna leave with me and he fucked that up and it was like oh well, I guess I'll go back to being a bad guy then my guy I would also like to just briefly state that Admiral Keys of the Halo universe would never what's really Men distressing is I keep picturing this Soren as Soren from the Dragon Prince who also would never our Soren, <laughs> our Soren Dragon Prince is perfect <laughs> I love one man <laughs> name is Soren Dragon Prince? Yeah. Commanders and senior staff gather to drink tea and also talk strategy. <laughs> Apparently they stole good tea from the people they killed, too. I... Right. One, of <clears> course <throat> they have good tea, they're mushroom people. Yeah. But, like... Two... Like, everything he's describing... And, like, he's going through, and, like, his own inner thoughts of, like, being, like, well, I guess it wasn't a complete waste because they have good tea. I'm, like, were you ever a good person? <laughs> I don't know. Because you, you seem to be reverting back very quickly into, like, imperial mindset of things. And I don't like it. We have an opportunity, he says. Something more than just restocking and rebuilding. He has a proposal, but not the romantic kind. Aw, shucks. Yeah. I was really hoping Cer it'd be the romantic kind. Me too, that would be great. Cerberon is going through a rough time. Once a beloved baby held close to the Empire's bosom, it is now falling into rebel hands. Did someone say Baby Yoda? No, I said beloved baby. Baby Yoda. Uh, I Baby don't. Yoda is alive at this point, right? But not being held close to the Empire's bosom, I would like to state. <laughs> no. Held I mean, where is Baby Yoda at this point? Maybe Baby Yoda is being held close to the Empire's bosoms right now. Empire's bosoms. <laughs> Empire's <laughs> bosom right now. 
You know what? When I put that word in there, I did not expect to be said so much. Today. You should have known. <laughs> <laughs> Saph, welcome to Rogue Podrin. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well, into rebel hands. I don't think they're rebels anymore when they're the leading government of the galaxy, but whatever helps you sleep at night, Soren Keys. <laughs> Regardless, they've received a call from help for help, from the allies of Governor Hastemore. They get a lot of distress calls, actually, but mostly they've been too far away or have not been worth their time. Sounding a lot like the rebels there. Not! Rassus asks what makes this call so different from the rest. Thorin tells them specifics and a plan of action. He dims the lights to set the mood and brings up a hologram of the Cerberon system, focused on Troyth. He talks about the orbital dynamics and other stuff that I think is very cool. We're going to breeze past it right now because I know other people don't. Anyways, but remember that everything <laughs> in Cerberon will one day be eaten by that black hole, and there's a bunch of debris all around Troyth and the system. Cool. Celia interrupts, as she does, and Soren lets her speak, expecting her to challenge him, which is why he invited her to this meeting party. Instead, she informs him that she actually spent a year in the astronomy department at the Institute for Quantitative Studies at Bothaway, the homeworld of the Bothans. Is she a Bothan? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. One, I would just, the first thing here, Bothans. Thank you, Alex Freed, for throwing <laughs> that in the there. Point the first. Point the first, Bothans. Point the second. For those <laughs> like me, or maybe it's just me, who have no idea what quantitative studies are, in natural and social sciences, and maybe in other fields. <laughs> maybe in other fields. Me. <laughs> I got this off Wikipedia. <laughs> Quantitative <laughs> research is a s- systematic empirical investigation <laughs> of observable phenomena via statistical, mathematical, or computational techniques. Citation one. I don't have this citation. Like science. Me. Like, I don't. Why does it have to have a different name? The objective of quantitative research is to develop and employ mathematical models, theories, and hypotheses pertaining to phenomena. The process of measurement is central to quantitative research because it provides a fundamental connection between empirical observation and mathematical expression of quantitative relationships. You know, I put that in there, and when I first read it, I was like, this makes perfect sense. And now that I've read it again, it makes no sense to me. It's just... It's just science. Like, it's just studying things. I don't... mm. (laughs) Anyway... Back to the horse. Anyways, Bothans got thrown in there. <laughs> you know what? I said Bothway. I know it's not that. It's Bothawooey, and I do this every time. It's Bothawooey? It's Bothawooey. I know. the Wikipedia that. article, it's I think, Botha-wooey? specifically. Yeah, I think... Well, if I might interject here, I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Bothawee. <laughs> That's what I thought. Bothawee, whatever. Um, in the, in the, I, in the I Wikipedia really like article. Bothawee, though. In the Wikipedia, I literally call it Bothaway, so I'm not the only one. Um, Bothawen. Bothaware. Bothahow. Bothawat. Good job, everyone. Okay, back to the wars. <laughs> we're, we're on our A game for humor tonight. <laughs> These are quality jokes. I don't know what you're talking about, Danny. Yeah. Back to the wars. Soren has no idea if Cedia is lying or not, since this wasn't in her file. But, like, answer me this, man. Why would literally anyone lie about being on Bothaway, of all places? <laughs> I did it again! Bothawooey! Bothawooey. He'll make sure that she has access to all the science and mass data she wants, and she seems pleased. Alright. 
Oh, I hope they go to Bothaway. The Both. <laughs> I hope they go to the home world of the Bothin, of the Bothins in the Mandalorian, so that I can say Bothaway. Botha yeehaw! Botha rootin' scootin'. We had a we had a granny slapping good time over on that there Botha wheelie right there. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Oh, well, we got to do it, even if it doesn't happen, and that's what's. <laughs> I'm imagining a stable full of boffins, like corralled up. <laughs> Boffin cowboy. <gasps> oh my god! Boffin cowboys would be so insufferable, though. <laughs> Extremely oh, <it's> the worst. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, like regular boffins. Their thing is like being manipulative and being like terrible politicians, right? So, like, I feel like boffin cowboys. It'd be the same way, except what they're manipulating is like. Cows. <laughs> They're cows cow wrestlers. Easy to manipulate. <laughs> My favorite like bit of legends thing that they did is they just like said <laughs> that Pothins are just pompous assholes just because they are <laughs> like, though. Legends did good in that one place. Like they say. did one good thing. <laughs> they did one good thing. It was like you right, have to respect like, me. <laughs> and they showed us exceptions to the rules. So like. Yeah, we had a uh, exception to the rule. Well, we also had well in New Jedi Order there was um a different Crayfay who we love in New Jedi Order. A oh. non Cray Cray Crayfay? Oh no, they were Cray Cray. But, oh, but like, like in a good kind way. Of cray cray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In a in a fun way. <laughs> there are two types of Crayfays. Yeah. <laughs> um, as of the Empire's final readings of the situation. On Troith and server on whatever. It looked like there was a big asteroid the size of a small asteroid hitting right for Troith. <laughs> <laughs> what? I, that a big boulder the size of a small boulder is blocking the road. <laughs> <laughs> what? I wonder if there's like people who aren't extremely online who listen to the show. And just go, what the fuck are they talking well, about? I, I think Meg might be one of them at the moment. I don't. Hang on, let me see if I can find the tweet. Okay, so, okay. The sheriff's office of some place in America tweeted a photo of a boulder on the road and said, a large boulder the size of a small boulder. <laughs> a, la- a large boulder okay. the size of a yeah. small boulder is completely okay. rocking, blocking. <laughs> <laughs> completely Wait, rocking our world! <laughs> <laughs> This okay, is what I, happens I when we don't that. record I, for a while. I do remember that. that Listen, I am drunk and I've had nothing tonight. <laughs> Chaos <laughs> energy. Chaos just... energy. So anyways, there's a big asteroid the size of a small asteroid headed right for Troy. <laughs> it wouldn't make a good orbital bombardment weapon, but if they, say, hit a TIE unit on the asteroid, why, they could slip in undetective, detected and launch a surprise attack to catch the rebels off guard. Ooh, they call that the Boba Fett method. They do. Ugh. In his head, Soren's like, "This plan." Sorry, is let me let me rebels. correct. Boba Fett calls that the Boba Fett method. No one <laughs> okay. else calls that the Boba <laughs> okay, Fett okay, method. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <clears throat> In his head, Soren's like, "This plan is what the rebels would do." Yucky, but it's the only way they could feasibly take Cerberon, and it looks like everyone else at the meeting understands that too. <laughs> Ew. Uh, Ew uh, a rebel's plan. <laughs> Doritos grudgingly impressed. Brooch is deep in thought. Brooch! Doritos? Doritos, Brooch, <laughs> and Toblerone. 
are there. God darn it. <laughs> Doritos, grudgingly impressed, Bruce is deep in thought, and Toblerone just watches Soren. Mm-hmm. But wait, there's more! Harrison Dula flagship. The Harrison Dula's flagship is currently at rest on Troyth. Ooh, that gets them. Hera nearly killed everyone here. Did kill Grandma, except uh, Soren, you weren't actually there for that. And last time, Shadow Wing was at full force. What's going to make a difference this time? It also, like, wasn't really Hera and more just Nath doing his own thing. Yeah. Yeah. The rest of them dissolve into arguments. Soren and Cedia observe the debates. Then she cuts through the din to speak. Sindula murdered their people. Bringing Homer here is the only honorable thing to do. Whoa. <laughs> Cedia is a lot. I mean, no, she spent no a lot of time Soren on Bothawi. She must be a Bothan. They would never. Do you think she's a shaved Bothan? Oh my god. Mods asleep, post smooth <laughs> Bothan. <laughs> Cursed. Cursed. <laughs> Hairless Ooh. Bothan is cursed. It's extremely cursed. It's just a Bothan. And- it's just a Bothan with alopecia, you know? Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but, you know, it's like it's like a sphinx cat, but a both. And, mm. like, even though, like, they're they're cute and, like, they're great and stuff, like, but they're still fucking gremlin-looking cats. That's why I love them. <laughs> I would not love a both if it was shaved, though. Like a full, a full-ass both. I would not appreciate that at all. You can, like, because you can see through the skin to, like, their veins and stuff and like it's all like you can see the full oh i'm just gonna tweet shaved bothan with no context whatsoever you don't need context it's a rogue pod night everybody knows (laughs) (laughs) and that is why soren brought her along god (laughs) not her heallessness but because he knew she'd be the one to be blunt about the revenge Soren takes this moment to oh so gracefully tell them that he simply desires what is right for the two of fourth, and that, oh, were he uh, needed, he would be willing to take the lead of the operation himself, to take full command if it must come to that. So brave. Huh. Rassus asks if Soren advises them to do this. (laughs) Duh. The mission is on. Soren returns to the Eyrie and uh, listens through the doors to the billets to hear his pilots argue and mourn and laugh, but he doesn't join them. Oh, I am seeing some parallels here. Hmm. He could teach his people how to survive on the fringes of the galaxy, far from the war that has caused so much pain, just like Devon did, but they don't want that. They're committed to revenge and a questionable patriotism. Well... If they want a war, he will find them a war. Why? Like, <clears throat> why? So, why do you have to do this? This is how the Empire gets people. It makes them very dedicated to their unit. Why, Soren? He pauses as he hears a voice around the corner at the messenger's intersection, whispering, Uh... There are even more offerings surrounding the thing now, and in front of it kneels a young pilot we've met before, Candine, who was previously slammed to the ground by Toblerone for interrupting the big welcoming party for the Edict and its crew. 
Soren watches it as Candine takes out a blade and slices open his palm, Mm-mm. pressing his bleeding hand against one of the droids. Mm-mm. He stays there until the blood runs down his wrist and drips onto the deck, whereupon he staunches the wound and leaves. Is the droid like a piece of cursed pirate gold? I think it might be. The messenger, of course, doesn't react. Soren thinks about cults and shit and wonders if this is the first time someone has made this kind of offering to the messenger. At least, this has removed all his doubts that Cerberon is the right war for the 204th. It's better than whatever the fuck is going on here. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I, I am, like, probably the person who's most here for blood cults. But, like, yep, this... This is too uh, much. Like, giving a droid blood is just such a weird. It's such. Oh, I, I'm not a fan of that concept. No, I don't want to think about that. But I do want to put then something to right now. I do, right, I do. but like something where like it's real bad. Yeah, it's the emperor's like droid that brings up his face sometimes. Right, and told you to like destroy whole ass planets just told because you to genocide planets. Yeah, yeah, like no. Like, Soren, get out. <laughs> get out. You should have stayed away. <clears throat> now we zoom over to Harris and Dula, updating Quell on the situation. Let me briefly read the description of Harris' face, because I may not have a mind's eye, but Freed's descriptions make me feel the space in a way I imagine is similar. Also, the fact she sits like a bi. <laughs> General Sindula spoke with the quiet authority that Erica Kell. Ke- Quell had become accustomed to, sitting cross-legged on the hell of the lodestar, hell? Hull of the lodestar, half a dozen meters from the nearest maintenance hatch. The general had made a camp of sorts, with a blanket spread on armor plating, a heat rod glowing to one side, and a spread of data pads around her like a fortune teller's cards. Mm. Beautiful. I would like to do a, a tarot reading with Harris and Dula. Yes. As would I. Hera tells Quell that the news is good, and it is, but Quell is taking no pleasure in hearing it. She wants to pace, but Hera's already told her off for that. I feel it, though. I am also a pacer. There's no sign of enemy counterattack, and the little Imperial factions left over can't do much damage. The planet is stable, at least until Shadowwing arrives, says Quell. Except even that's under control. Forces are deploying, everything is going according to Quell's plan, and a dance. He knew what they were doing. Quell replies with a simple, Karen Adan is a bastard. <laughs> oh, I do love it when Star Wars swears. <laughs> I mean, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Hera knows he is, and she knows that Quell Wolf was finally starting to get used to him. But she's so... Sure, the New Republic will find everyone he works with is invested in his search, which is handy given he worked in intelligence. Quell nods, but she knows that he's most likely dead. She doesn't miss him per se, but she does feel his absence. Do you think that everyone he works with is invested in his search, or is everyone like, yes, we're searching hard for Karen Adon right now? <laughs> Whenever it definitely Erica comes is in, hard not having him around. Whenever Quell walks in, they like suddenly start typing furiously, like, yes, we're looking for him. Yes, we have been searching. Yes, no. Where, this is, this, is this Tetris game is how I search for Karen Adon. Where did Adon. I get chocolate on my I'm keyboard? solving a code. <laughs> what? Where'd this Wait, chocolate was, come from? Was that part sorry. of the bit, or is this real no, thing that's happening? That, no, that's, that's actually chocolate. chocolate on my keyboard, sorry. I wasn't even eating chocolate! 
I mean, fine. how how many times have you had Kit Kats while on your computer? That is fair. I was eating Kit Kat last night. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> we we cracked it. We saw. We figured it out. <laughs> Hera asks about Kairos, which is also what I want to ask about. Kairos is non-responsive, which is the phrase Reed uses instead of unresponsive, and I don't know if it means something different, so I just used to say where is him. But she's in good hands. They won't let anyone in to see her, not even love her life, Erica Quell. <laughs> Hirasa smiles sympathetically and tells Quell to sit. Quell knows what's coming. Hera's leaving. She's figured it out from all like the hints and shit, because she's actually smart. Not for long, in theory, but she needs to give Vanguard Squadron... Vanguard? Vanguard Squadron support in the Bumia sector. The Lodestar and most of the units will remain, and Hera hopes she'll make it back before Shadowwing arrives. Mm. Knowing this book, I do not trust that. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like, I don't even remember what the rest of this and, book does, but I feel like it's not a spoiler to say that's right, not gonna and especially happen. because, like, we're only 27% into this book. Oh god, we are. This book like, is so long. This book is like so many things have to happen that this big lead up to their trap. It's 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 the first. It's the opening act. Yeah. <laughs> Harry slides over and gives Quell a hug. A hug. She Ooh. needs that. Quell is very awkward about it. Harry just, just can't help but be the mom. She's such a mom. Freed chose the right person for this. She tells Quell, you've done more for your squadron than anyone could have hoped for. Good luck, Quell said, feeling utterly alone. Aww. Not gonna lie, I just teared up a little bit, and I hate that Freed couldn't have just ended that on a happy note of Hera hugging her. Never. Nope. <laughs> Never. Do you remember every death in Rogue One? I sure do! Including that old lady, those two stormtroopers, and that little kid. Yep. And like a captain, Bodie went down with his ship. Like, shut the fuck up. Freed, why do you do this to us? Who gave I you the right Shadow Son? <laughs> I want to write with the kind what? of power that Freed just wields with ease. Like, I want that power, Freed. In teach me. Permanently. <laughs> I'm going to be like, hey, Freed, can you uh, teach me how to write complete and utter tragedy and make people cry? Because, uh,. I'm not actually going to do that because that would be incredibly awkward to do, <laughs> but I wish. Anyways, therapy time. Let's dramatically read some therapy. Oh, no. Oh, great. The torture droid didn't judge her. The torture droid was programmed not to judge, she assumed, or at least to keep its judgments to itself. Ooh, this is going to be a hard character for me to play. <laughs> Yet, as she sat in the tram car, she perceived a change in its demeanor. Some invisible alteration to the way it hovered and stared with its red photoreceptor. Should have stepped in earlier. She told it. I should have known something was wrong. What sort of something? The droid asked. She was. Quill looked away from the red dot, out of the cab window and onto the tracks that went nowhere something that showed she wasn't right. Some might say she acted heroically. Her actions gave the infantry time to scatter the Imperial forces and secure victory. We should have known it was something she'd try. I could have taken her off duty. I could have posted a gunner aboard her ship. 
The droid waited for her to trail off. I've known Kairos for some years. I hold responsibility as well. So I should have consulted with you sooner? She stood suddenly, took three strides to the window, and leaned back against the glass. Someone had spray-painted a cross inside the cir- a circle in the lower left corner, the symbol of the local blood cultists, the children of the empty sun. Makes me feel so much better. It was an observation, not an accusation, nor are these sessions necessarily intended to make you feel better immediately, as we have discussed in the past. Because you're a torture droid? She wanted to say, but ITO kept speaking. However, I would ask you this. If there was no sign that Kairos was in distress and her sacrifice was in the service of a cause that you and your squadron had taken on, is it not possible that her injury, grievous though it may be, is mostly directly attributed to her participation in a war not the personal failings of anyone involved the droid simulated voice remained steady and stern but it rarely spoke at such length it was angry well thought the torture droid was angry and she grew angry in return she spoke to me she said that's how I knew something was wrong she hadn't intended to admit it. The droid's photoreceptor dilated. Its manipulator arm rotated in its socket, the servers whirring, and the empty syringe turning in place. Clockwise, then counterclockwise, then clockwise. It's possible, the droid said, that I am incapable of providing care in my role as your therapist at the present time. This is not an indictment of your actions. Quill stared. Her shoulders tightened. She searched for a response and was relieved of the obligation when the sound of a fist rapping on the tram car door rang through the cabin. It's Gravis, a voice called. We're ready for you. She pushed off the window, ready to walk away. The droid's voice hitched with urgency. You have a lead? Hopefully not. I guess we'll find out. She was nearly out of the door before the droid said, when you locate Karen Aiden, I, I, I intend, I intend to be with you. Oh. Perfectly. Question. Why is the yes. syringe still attached? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you can. take I, it off? Because sometimes you need it to like calm down someone or like because this droid does also act in like a medical capacity now so like it may need it for something but also oh. it's entirely possible you can't unattach it because oh, it is a torture okay. droid and maybe just built right into their arm okay okay <laughs> like does it just have a like night night juice in it in case someone gets out of control right that's what it kind of seems like i was like when i read that i was like i don't love this <laughs> I truly do think that it is impossible to take that syringe out. The syringe just and then ITO just being like don't worry, I'm not torture droid anymore. It's like, would you please stop spinning your syringe? (laughs) (laughs) Would you please stop spinning your syringe? It's not polite. It does not instill me with calm (laughs) You know, I'm so weird because I would probably find this is this is not this is not weird for Seth, but I would probably find this droid incredibly calming as a therapist. I mean, I 
Yeah, look, I, I would probably like it too, but like that syringe spinning <laughs> would just be like, listen, you really have to control that. Yeah, they're just such cool looking droids, like just an orb. An orb is friendly. It's an orb with a bunch of syringe. Like, <laughs> yeah. <I don't> <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, I looked up torture droid just so I could admire it. And mm-hmm. um, one of the images that came up is a torture droid. And then the headline under it, is it okay to torture a robot? <laughs> <laughs> That's no. not. No, it's That's not. not okay what that, to torture it's a robot. Not I what... still feel like one of the most horrifying scenes in Star Wars is that scene in the sail barge where like the gawk droid is upside down and they put it's like awful. a hot metal plate on that it. That makes me yelling. so... I actually get really sad every time I see that. Yeah. It's it really upsetting. Really sad. It's really upsetting. Like, that stuck with me from childhood. It's probably why I care about droids so much now, actually. It might have been formative to me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's just, you gotta control that syringe. Like, and I'm not a person who is uncomfortable with needles at all, but I still don't know if I would really enjoy that. <laughs> fair. That's fair. Um, I would like to state that, like, I would normally try and find fun things. To be a dramatic reading, but uh, there are no fun things in this book. There are no fun things in this book. I'm just putting that out there. Uh, so the dramatic readings will probably not be fun things. They will be things <laughs> that are character building instead. Yeah. Back to Will, our sweet boy. He's back in space, which has been missing. He has been missing so. He tries to remember what he knows about Cerberon. And recalls a legend of a moon known as the Fortress Moon, not a forest moon, shattering long ago. Bless. What if it was just a typo from a long time ago? <laughs> <laughs> he skims above the surface of asteroid CER9552B, scanning for any signs of life. There ain't shit down there. After three sweeps, he lands in a crater bigger than his birthplace, Cliff, and is surrounded by the 61st Mobile Infantry! Oh, hello, friends. Nobody here wears the symbols of the New Republic. They're all rebels at their hearts. Deep breaths. Deep breaths. Deep breaths! A young man, broad-skinned and hard-eyed, stepped forward. Will recall that he'd been introduced as the Captain. It is Captain Hazram Namir from page 12 of Star Wars Battlefront Twilight Company, A Star Wars Story. Oh god, I, I the first time I read this, I lost my absolute mind. I put the book down. I was in tears. I was just like, Ezra Namir's here! Okay. Okay, but where's Gadrin? Yeah. He's on he's on um, Solist. Cause he's the Solace liaison now. Are you being for real? I'm being for real. That was his job at the end of the Twilight Company. Okay, like, and- he was the Celsius on. Now that the New Republic exists, he is likely in a way more official role, which means he can't travel with Twilight Company. Um, okay, but I okay. do imagine that he does still liaison with Namir. Okay, it makes me sad that Namir and Gadrin aren't like hanging out and being bros together anymore. But it makes me a little less sad knowing that Namir probably has Gadrin's fourth arm with him, and that he cradles it at night <laughs> when he can't fall asleep. No. No, I'm gonna shoot. Don't make you feel any better. Nope, nope, nope. I like to think he's my nice thing. I like to think that Gadrin made him a little tiny Gadrin plush in the same way that um Dylan just made a Dex plush, and that Namir secretly no. Oh, is a Gadrin body pillow? No, Gadrin made Namir the like a forearm torso, like how I have my (laughs) (laughs) two arm torso. 
So Namir can get a hug without feeling embarrassed about it. Yeah, he it's just he can rest he can rest his head against Gadrin and be enfolded in four strong arms. You know, I feel like it's becoming um I feel like it's becoming increasingly obvious why I made jewelry Twilight Company before this book. <laughs> I need a Gadrin body pillow. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I need four arms to hold me at night. Right, I'm saying, Dylan. This is a business that's got your name written all over it. You, you're going to have <laughs> at least like four commissions. <laughs> yeah, get that Etsy shop open. Let's get, let's do this. All right, we're doing another dramatic reading here because I can't pause oh, up. The captain. I'm so, I'm so ready. You see anything out there? The man asked in a colonial accent, almost too thick for Will to understand. The anti. The antithesis of the clipped, enunciated Coruscanti privileged by the Empire. Nothing. Will said. Nothing on scanners, nothing on visuals. You should be safe. The captain let out a huff of a breath that might have been a laugh. <laughs> Will nearly apologized, instead giving a look of chagrin and bringing up his comlink. Chas? He said. Anything on your end? The twang of electronic music crackled through the link before Chas replied. Wrapping up now. Checked the orbits. We're all clear. Shot down a few rocks just to open the way. Understood. Rendezvous at the site. Waited for her acknowledgement, then deactivated the comlink and looked back at the captain. She says there's nothing that should throw off the orbital path. We heard. Captain Ugh. said. Alright, we'll go dark in five hours. Need to set some equipment in place, but after that we'll shut down all the transmitters and scanners. We've got scouts watching over the probable landing sites, but we won't be looking skyward. If there's any final information you want to deliver, now's a very good time to do it. Nothing on our side. We'll look squads in front of him. Twenty soldiers, perhaps, out of the hundred or more who were hidden away among the rocks of CER-952B. I feel like that's a different number to what I wrote earlier, never mind. They stood at ease, unafraid. Most of them were older than the infantry he'd spent time with on Troyth, and they wore the scars and cybernetics that old soldiers earned. These people that you're going against. He began, hesitated, then forced himself to continue. Shadowing is dangerous. You know that, but you haven't fought them. I have to say it out loud. He thinks. The captain grinned. In the air? I'm sure they're death on wings, down here, parked and hiding and waiting for the ride to... Troithi? I don't know how to pronounce that. That's if they put a mirror. <laughs> if they step out of their ties, we'll slit their throats in their... If not, we'll, click, we'll clip their feathers and offer them a fair fight. The words. There was neither pride nor malice in his tone. Keep the rest of my company safe on Troyth, and I promise we'll do our part. Will inhaled deeply, <sighs> and felt condensation build in his rebreather. A woman beside the captain, in a retractable armored mask, nodded to Will as if reaffirming the promise. I'll do my very best, Will said. Without a word of farewell, the captain turned to leave. We know who that woman with the mask we is! We know who that woman with the mask is! Sound girl brand. I was like, I like, I knew, I knew Namir. Like, I felt that Namir was gonna be there, but like, I was 
like really hyped when they mentioned a woman beside the captain in a retractable armor. I was like, oh, it's she didn't leave him. Like she is right or die. She didn't leave him. They could not leave each other. They are platonic soulmates. They They really are. She also has to make sure that he never contacts Chalice ever again. Oh my god. She can't leave him alone. <laughs> like, every now and then, Chalice sends him a letter, and she's like, nope, and just tears it up. <laughs> right. It's like a letter with, like, a, a bowl that she has, like, created. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, I love Twilight so much, and I am so glad that Namira is still looking after them, and that Brand is still there to look after mm-hmm. Namira, looking after them. It makes me so happy to know they've survived this long, and that Freed not left them alone. He brought them back. Yep. Listen, it's it's the tradition in, oh, I get to write a Star Wars book. I'm going to bring in whoever I want, which yep. is always my own character. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, like, he did it in such a way that people who've read Twilight Company absolutely know who it is. But people who haven't read Twilight Company, like, literally will not know. And it doesn't matter because it's not written in a way that you mm-hmm. do know, need to know. Which is great. He's so good at this. This here is the final stage of a dance plan. Troyth is a prime target for the 204th. Because they've made it that. The 204th will be here to park on the asteroid within days. But instead of the, being the ambushers, they will become the ambushies. Okay. Will has to admit, it is a good plan. Shadowing is strongest in the air. Why not take them down while they're still on the ground? But it feels weird to end it without Ab Squad firing a single shot. He wonders if you'll ever hear Blink's voice again. He thinks about everything Adan has done for him, and feels guilty at not having tried to get to know Adan better. He thinks about Kairos, the silence of her absence, is little different from the silence of her presence. Chas, flying on his wing, asks if there's been any word from Quell or when she'll be back. He's surprised to hear concern in Chas's voice. Despite seeing it happen, Will hadn't noticed how attached Chas had become to Quell. Eh... But there's no word from Quell and he's sure that she will be alright. <sighs> Chas says, screw that! If Quell's oh. not going back to the Lodestar, then neither is she! She Chess. tells Will she'll see him back there sometime and zooms off. Oh my god. Well, poor Will, who's just like, I guess, I guess I'll be the responsible one and go check in. Will considers chasing her down. He definitely considers chasing her down. But he remembers how many conversations they've had about him taking away her choices and he's like, okay, fine. I will respect your choices even if they are terrible. He stroked the console of his ship, hoping it would give him comfort as he maintained his course for Troyth. But the ship was just a ship not one of the Sir Avkas of his homeworld, and it lacked the power to suit. Riding in a fucking old freighter with Quell, Nath asks why the hell she's bringing him along. Edo suggested it because Nath is adaptable. So basically they needed someone who knows how to run a mission. Oh my god. Something quick and dirty. Mm. (laughs) That is how how I want it with Nath. (laughs) I I hate this because this, this book especially has got me so hot for Nath Tenzin. And, like, I'm mad about it. I am so angry about this. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. He flies a Y-Wing. <laughs> yeah, he will flies a fucking Y-Wing of all things. Flies a fucking Y-Wing. But, like, this and then, like, later on when they're actually doing the thing is, I'm like, ah, oh, god damn it. Why is he hot all of a sudden? Really made him hot How dare you make me deciding... like character. <laughs> right. Like, man, he's, ugh. Ugh. You know, I totally accidentally made myself hot for him when I decided he was like the drifter of me. It was right. my and when I'm like, damn fault. I'm like, I'm gonna fan cast him as Jason Momoa, and I'm like, oh shit! We played ourselves, me. We, we played, played ourselves. ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. 
Ooh. They come in low of a Catedra, which I always read as Catedora. I always Catredora. read as Catedora. <laughs> um, and when Nath asks if Quell wants him to confirm their landing pad, she informs him that she did not arrange one. <laughs> does she even have a plan? Why no. does she think he's out here? And by here, I mean Adan. There's been chatter about an auction happening on Katadra. A gangster could be hoping to sell Adan and all his secrets for some sweet, sweet cash. I love cash. I love cash. Katadra is a maze and a mess of a world, fucked up from bombing campaigns and controlled by mostly gangs and cults with barely any New Republic. They leave Ito to guard the freighter, then head to the auction site at a cantina called Father Ambrosia's Glorious Revelation, aka the Rev. Nath swaggers in, making it incredibly obvious who he is and who he works for. Quell doesn't like it, but she understands it and gets all haughty as she intimidates a bunch of people away from the table. They're not trying to scare the people of Katadra, but they are trying to get attention, and acting like shitheads with nothing to fear will certainly do it. They don't know how long it'll take for word to spread, so Nath tells her to settle in, drink slow, and look like she enjoys the company. (laughs) He's not surprised to discover that she sucks at conversation, actually. So he gives up on small talk and starts asking her a question he does want to know the answer to. Like, why is Quell here instead of another agent when she should be prepping for the 204th? She tells him that everything's set in motion already and they've got to wait for Shadowing to arrive, so she might as well use her time to look for Adan. He's surprised she cares that much about Adan and she takes a real big swig of her drink and tells him that actually she does not care for the man at all. Sure, Jan Doug. (laughs) (laughs) Nath decides not to push the subject. He already knows the truth about Quell's involvement in Necronus. The fact she had so much, she has so much freedom means Adan probably hasn't told anyone else. He thinks about how he's seen the bond forming between Quell and Adan. Something has changed, and he thinks it might be about Necronus. Maybe Quell doesn't even want to find Adan. Instead, trying to convince the world and herself that she's doing everything she And then the simpler answer occurs to him. She doesn't want Adan captured and able to tell everyone what he knows about her. He does not envy her that at all. It's well after nightfall when they notice an Utai watching without watching. Nath goes outside to check on the thing and takes the Utai down when it follows him. When captured, the Utai just yells, I'm a steer mason, don't shoot! But they eventually learn that Adan was sold to some Imperials. I gotta gotta go check on the thing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, real, real chill, Nath. Motherfucker. (laughs) What a good spy. I'm uh, I'm gonna go check on that thing, all right? Yeah, yeah. I'll be back in a second. I'm just gonna go outside and check on that uh, that thing, you know? I gotta go check on the thing. Yeah, I gotta go check on that 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 thing, the fucking thing. Well, Chapter thank goodness eight. that Adan hasn't been captured and therefore hasn't been able to tell anyone Quell's secret, right? Thank goodness for that, right? Yeah, right? so right? glad he's been captured and definitely didn't have anything in place in case of his capturing. Yeah, thank goodness no one knows but him and Nath. Yeah. Anyway, listen to responses. No, we, we still have two more chapters. <laughs> Chapter eight, the illuminating brilliance of Starlight. I'm going to do the that again. Illuminating brilliance up. of your face. I fucked that up. I'm going to do that again. Chapter oh, eight, the illuminating brilliance of Starlight. Soren's going to be flying soon enough, so he's in a simulator and he's feeling good. Boy <laughs> loves to fly. In honor of Meg, here are some two of fourth pilot names. Yes. Van Bregier, Carly Jenfries, and Ran Chorda. My favorite is... kind of soup. <laughs> <laughs> I could really Ran go Chowda. for some fries. Cedia <laughs> <laughs> is flying good and without being The ghost. Only her. They've identified toilets who fought the Airy in the Orador cluster. He makes the typical mistake of assuming the B-Wing pilot is a man. <sighs> <laughs> 
He does know the name of Will Lark, since Will fucking broadcasted to the two or fourth to try and get them to help him pan him nigh. Uh. Soren <laughs> believes he's one of the 120, what he calls, the Polinian terrorists. What the fuck? Nah, man. I'm gonna beat you up, Soren Keys. I'm gonna kick his fucking ass. I would pay to watch that fight. Me and me just fucking kicking this man on the ground. Yeah, I'm gonna break a bottle and then, like, go to town. (laughs) (laughs) The U-Wing has a pilot who is bold and almost animalistic, and the X-Wing pilot he recognized as having the idiosyncrasies of a former TIE pilot. But he's not going to think about that anymore. (laughs) He's like, but let's just skip over the X-Wing. Let's skip over the X-Wing. I know about former TIE pilots. It's all good. Will had identified the squadron as Alphabet, and they are now priority targets for their knowledge of the 204th. Will. That's fine. As he's about to start explaining Hail Squadron, Cedia interrupts to say she was an Oradol, and she has an idea regarding Will. Is Cedia blank? I don't think Cedia is blank. I don't think so. I but don't think she, Cedia is She might have been one of the other surviving ones. I think she was one of the other Thai yeah. pilots that had a name, but I haven't actually gone back know. to figure that out. I don't know. The blank... Stop it right now. <laughs> Blink. Listen, listeners, I want you to know that Danny went in and highlighted the C in Cedia. <laughs> coincidence? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Boy, you are way too willing to accept coincidences. I am. Listen, I want to be surprised in the end when it happens. <laughs> I don't think she is. And I'm not saying this is a spoiler because I genuinely cannot remember the rest of this book except for like... <laughs> One part that is very vividly burned into my mind. After dinner one night, Bruce presents Soren with rank pins. Colonel Soren Keys. Even if people don't like him, they need to respect him. And having an official rank will definitely help with that. He promises to try and live up to the role. When he gets back to his bunk, he thinks about Grandma, who would not have been able to survive the galaxy now, as loyal as she had been to the Emperor. None of the commanders of the Tour Fourth were true Imperials as she had been, because no true Imperial could last. He's still reminiscing when he gets a message from Colonel Madrigast, who he previously previously met in the first book when he tried to team up with Grandma and got shot down. He's offering the 204th an invitation. He's heading to rendezvous with Admiral Ray Sloan and wants Shadowwing to accompany him. The message cuts out before he can say much else. And once again, he's getting shot down by Shadowwing. Soren's surprise. I really hope he comes in the next book and gets shot down again. (laughs) I really hope so. (laughs) Soren's surprised that Ray is the one uniting the Admiral fleet. Nope. The Imperial Fleet. She's the Admiral. <clears throat> but he doesn't object to it. Still, he doesn't think she can bring the Empire back, and he ignores Madrigas' invitation. Chasing dreams of the Empire will only destroy them as it had Grandma. Chess is maybe a bit too drunk. But hey, she's gambling with new friends at Winkers! What's Winkers, you ask? Hold a cantina, <laughs> slash gambling den, slash trading post, slash gas station on the garrison world of Verizon, a planet on the outer fringes of Cerberon. At Winkers. Could you imagine if your re- if your regular drinking spot was called Winkers? Winkers? I truly cannot. <laughs> yeah, hey bud, you want to go gra- you want to go grab some beers at Winkers tonight? I'm sorry, but this is even more proof that Shadowson is a fucking weep because why would you name it Winker? <laughs> Look, see, Dia Winkers. Does, Winkers. Does Shadowson just have a thing for like eyes? It's <laughs> like all I T O. Oh my god, it's all connected. It's all connected. It's all connected. Oh my god, it's poetry, it rhymes. <laughs> hey, there's a Keldor here! For those who don't know, uh, Jedi Master Plo Koon is a Keldor. <gasps> the hottest of Star Wars species. Yeah, and there's a Keldor here. Looking at him reminds Chess of Kairos, who was gravely injured. 
she says she's not worried about her out loud as if anyone knows who she's talking about they're all like what (laughs) yeah you really got (laughs) you sound like you're not worried about whoever this is yeah sure (laughs) no i said i'm not worried about why is this so hard for you to understand i said i'm not worried about her (laughs) (laughs) Mm, avirk nope that's not where i'm up to she misses quill and kairos because they made her feel safe avirk tells her that she should bring her friends after the project is done so that they can steal their credits and chess rebukes him saying that they're not going to be your friends afterwards idiot that's the uh, crux of it all why she's drinking all the time and being reckless she doesn't want to think about what comes after alphabet she's pissed that will saved her because if she'd already died she wouldn't have to worry about any of this boy that's not a problematic and b extremely relatable at all no not at all that that's she just wants to be friends with them but she doesn't think they're gonna want to be your friend afterwards Chess. Chess. that doesn't mean you should wish to already be dead <laughs> to be fair, she does also say she wish she died so she could be a hero because only idiots die now mm. oh wait i literally wrote this yeah <laughs> <laughs> only losers and fools died now losers fools ground troops and kairos <laughs> oh, kairos is God. just her own category <clears throat> yeah kairos is her own category also let twilight company live no the game ends and the verk tells chess to pay up she promised her ship she seems okay. stupid. Hold There's on. no way she'd beat her ship. One, Chas, you drunk. Two, the Verk sounds kind of hot. Like, I know he's being like real problematic here, but he's like a big, solid lizard person mm-hmm. with lots of teeth. Like, into it. Into it. Carry Sorry, on. I'm just, I'm just yawning. Sorry. Um. <laughs> I'm just being a scaly, so whatever. Her new friends say they will get her ship. Hmm. She tries to attack the Verk and ends up being thrown across the room. Someone rescues her and stuns the Verk, telling her to get to her ship and set controls to autopilot considering the state of her. When she asks this guy what he wants for helping her, she tells he tells her that in her heart she's already among them, that she belong that she longs for fellowship. She does. She thinks he's trying to sleep with her, but he's actually <laughs> a cult member telling her to join the children of the empty sun. Blood cult, blood cult, blood cult, <clears throat> blood cult. He begins to preach and she punches him right in the throat and gaps out of there. Jesus Christ. I love and respect Chess. After a complicated series of events, Quell, Nath, and Ito find themselves on Katadra's moon, Narthex. Quell and Nath leave Ito to guard the ship. I know I just said that differently in two different times. <laughs> to guard the ship and sneak up on the observatory where they believe Adan is being held. Nath suggests calling the working group for help, but Quell says she wants to do it now. She says she wants stealth over firepower, but really it's because she wants to get him out because before he can reveal her. Nath obviously. Quell's plan to just like kill everyone <laughs> that knows her secret is going to work really well for her. <laughs> definitely definitely doesn't make her seem like she's guilty right <laughs> nope and and by kill i mean not actively kill but like be okay with the fact that they're all dying let them die let them. <laughs> i do think there's a little tiny bit of her being like fond of adam at this point i do like i really do think that she is she is fond of him or at least like like i think it's described in we did it in like the last episode, but that like they have at least come to an understanding of each other. And like he already knows the worst about her. He's, yeah, he's the only person that she can be entirely honest around. Right. And so like she has been. And like that is a comfort to her, like no matter what. I really I wish Nath had told if... her that he knows her secret because then she could have been honest with Nath as well. 
I mean, she probably would have punched him in the throat and yeeted out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ned seems like he's a calming attitude, you know? He'd be like, I know your secret. It's all good, girl. I'm not going to tell anyone else. I mean, Ned is so Sorry, it- it's all good, sister, is what he'd say. Yeah, it's all good, I, sister. Oh, God, I that's so I do think hot. that if, prevent- or pre- if presented with the option of either everyone who knows your secret dies or... But she would definitely be conflicted. She'd hesitate. She'd hesitate. <laughs> It'd be the, it's the meme with the the two buttons and the sweating. <laughs> yeah. Neth obviously doesn't believe her, so she says she needs to get Adan out before he can reveal their trap for shadowing, which is close enough to true and a really good point actually. Neth tells her that if they go now, there's no guarantee they'll come out with an alive Adan. She realizes in that moment that he knows something, and he's offering her an out for killing Adan herself. She just tells him that she's going to get Adan out. She wouldn't murder Count Adan, but she was ready to be a murderer. Quell, I have some bad news for you, but you were already a murderer because you participated in a genocide. <clears throat> Quell. Quell. Ness smoothly assassinates the trooper keeping watch, and Quell drops a gas canister down the telescope, where it smashes through the lens. Bruh. They get inside and execute everyone they encounter. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry, I was muted. It is too fucking sexy. <laughs> swaggers over yeah and carelessly kills the stormtrooper he just slits his with one vibro blade like slice to between where the armor is like and that is, is incredibly okay to find that incredibly hot because it is a stormtrooper he's killing yeah i mean yeah, <laughs> yeah it's not it's not uh, like oh i'm not conflicted because it's a stormtrooper but like nath how dare you how, how dare, dare you be you? so competent right now <laughs> you are a y-wing pilot what the fuck are you doing man? right like you are you are he's in in this set of three chapter like especially for this and the rest of what we read for this episode like he is too on the ball and like so just good. being too good and like I'm mad about it. I did not think I would end up loving Neth as much, but I love Neth so much. I love Neth. Oh my god. Yeah. He's a very like I'm impressed by how complex all of these characters are, because they are all incredibly complex. Anyways, they get inside and execute everyone they encounter. Yes, Freed explicitly uses the word execute. Brutal. She even kills the people asleep in their beds, knowing that Hera will and even Chess would never do such a thing. <laughs> she is scary. A stormtrooper catches her off guard and manages to catch the side of Quell's head with a blaster bolt as Quell takes her out. When Quell manages to get out from under the stormtrooper's corpse, she finds Adan unconscious and looking terrible in a cot. Quell is to wipe away her own tears. The droid arrives, the droid Ito, arrives after the fighting stops and Quell and Neth carry Adan back to the freighter. Neth says doesn't say anything about the bloodshed left in their wake. Ito can identify no injury. Adan is malnourished and dehydrated, but he's not going to die. Quell thinks that actually everyone at the observatory was malnourished and dehydrated. They'd obviously been stuck out there for a long time, and they <laughs> might not have just been torturing Adan for that. It might just be the way they are. I mean, and they also, clearly did also torture Adan. Who among us isn't dehydrated? Yeah. Everyone go drink some water. Everyone listening, obviously we're recording. Yeah, right take, now, a, take some water. Take a take some water. <laughs> take a, take drink. a drink of water. <laughs> <laughs> drink every time we make a stupid joke, but you drink water. Oh god, you're gonna be so hydrated after this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Adan wakes up as they leave Narthex's atmosphere, and the first thing he asks about is Kairos, of course. Oh. He then says that he never told them about their mission and he never told the Stormtroopers about, you know, their trap and everything. And Ito says the particulars can wait until later. 
Quell stays with Adan as they fly home. He yeah. asks how long it's been since he was captured, and when she says a week, he just apologizes. For what? Quell doesn't ask. <laughs> Will watches as two men escort a repulsor lift pod carrying Kairos to the Bright Vigil, a medical frigate heading to Chandrila. He whispers to the pod, may the force be with you, may your breath be the breath of the wind. He has to run to get back to the Lodestar before it takes off. Sergeant Boris curses at him. The ship is only moving into orbit and there will still be shuttles. Will says that if his squadron caught him riding a shuttle, he'll never live it down. And then he turns to T5 to chat with the robot lord. <clears throat> when he gets back to his cabin, he notices he has a message from Adan. What could it be? <clears throat> um, to be distributed in the event of the death or disappearance of Canadan <coughs> concerning New Republic intelligence asset, Erica Quell. Oh, shit. It's fine. Will isn't going to open that. Will is too good. Well, to be fair, he did disappear or is maybe dead. So, like, Will's Will is gonna... just following instructions. Will's just following instructions. And also, yeah, fair point. I, this little part with Will about how, like, even, like, grumpy old sergeant boring is like uh everyone just thinks he's like so swell like he stops to chat with like so many people and like wishes them well and like t5 who is like hates everybody that isn't will (laughs) or neth well t5 kind of hates neth yeah (laughs) but like they're together they're they're stuck together so you know you gotta yeah but like just everyone and Will being like, even though Alphabet Squadron isn't here, even though I'm not anywhere near home, I'm not alone in this galaxy. And now he's about to get his heart broken. He sure is. Will, please go home. <laughs> Chapter 9, High Velocity Impacts on a Pititzer. <clears throat> <clears throat> this is fine. The freighter takes two hours to get them all home. They contact the Lodestar now in orbit. When they ask for landing clearance, the flight officer hesitates, saying that Mr. Lark asked to be notified as soon as they returned. Nath shakes his head at the formality. Mr. Lark. No one has ever called Will Mr. Lark in his entire life. Is that formality or is it disrespect? Because he should actually have a a rank. A military rank. (laughs) And not just Uh, Mr. Lark. (laughs) I don't know if Alphabet actually does have ranks except for Quell who was lieutenant. But Will should, because he was no, beforehand. That's a really good point. I don't know if he does under um Alphabet, because they're kind of like part of a research group instead of the military. I don't mm. know. I'm gonna research. Well, but like, it should still be Citizen Lark or like Private well, Lark. Mr. Lark. <laughs> petty Officer Lark. I don't and, know. Yeah, petty oh, officer. I said, like the relationship between Nath and Will is Chef's Kiss A plus. That's so good. Right. Because Nath's like Mr. Lark. <laughs> That guy? <laughs> Mr. fucking Lark. <laughs> right, he's gonna be like, oh, Mr. Lark. Yeah, for the rest of the time, they're gonna be like, oh, Mr. Math, Lark. <laughs> when they arrive, Quell finds Will and Chess at the base of the freighter ramp. Oh, she doesn't boy. understand why they're looking so tense. Oh, boy. Well, one of them is always so tense, so, like... I think oh, it's boy. tenser than usual. Oh, boy. Chess says that they know about Sin. No oh, boy. Will says that they know about Necronus. Nath plays dumb. And Chess tells him to check his messages. Oh boy. Will tries to give Quell an out, a way to explain herself, but she can't find anything to say. The moment passes. Yup. Chess is pissed, yelling about how Quell destroyed a planet and lied about being a defector. She says Quell should be in prison, and so should Adan for signing off on her. 
Quell tries to defend Adan, <laughs> saying he didn't know, which is stupid, Quell. He sent the message. Yeah, like, Jesus of Christ. the possible options you had in front of you there, that was maybe the worst one to take. <laughs> the obvious lie. <laughs> <laughs> She's trying her best, but her best fucking sucks. <laughs> That's like everybody in this book, TBH. <laughs> yeah. Will's best doesn't suck. It just isn't what it's they need enough. right now. <laughs> yeah. Meteor's ground crew is watching them now. Oh no. This news is going to spread real fast. So Quell chokes out that she did leave. She did. Will asks if she's still Lord of Shadowing. And she says, no, of course not. And we know she's not. Yeah. He, I mean, she's shown that she's not. He asks about Panem Nye and she doesn't understand. She tells him it was all a stupid mistake. Mm. Erica Quell is having a panic attack. Mm. <clears throat> Nath tries to talk Will down. Dude, same. Will... <clears throat> yeah, big big mood. <laughs> Where's yeah. the rotating syringe when you need one? <laughs> oh boy! Aboard the ship, rotating in front of uh, Adon. Yeah. Yeah, give me some of that sleepy juice, Edo. <laughs> <laughs> Nath tries to talk Will down, but Will asks Quell, "What if it had been Polinia?" Nath is trying. Oh, he actually also asks. What if it had been your home planet? And Quell is like, you don't have a home planet. I grew up on a station. You know that. It's so good. When, when Will asked about if it was, what if it was Polynesia's, I just, mm, mm, I can't. It's just, I felt, I felt his disappointment. I felt his hurt. Like, this just, this sucks. This sucks. Yeah. This sucks. I am straight well, up not having a good time. Right. And like, why? Like, Quell, don't then just be like, well, I'm ready to fight my way out of prison. Like, stop it. Stop. Yeah, she's like, I don't want to die in prison. Words. Use your guess words. Yes, I'll die. No, I, she's like, guess I won't die. Right, I guess I'll just murder anybody who comes to murder me. And it's like, I don't think her, I think her plan was just to just, like, incapacitate her way out. I don't know. I, I, I don't think she had a plan, but she I, was definitely not going to hurt Alphabet Squadron. I and she know. was definitely, like, still dedicated to the plan because that's the last thing she says is, like, the plan will still work. Mm. She's just a fucking yeah. idiot. Yeah. Truly. Yep. Yeah. Okay, well, on that I'm happy sure note. that eventually the rest of Alphabet Squadron will come around and forgive her and they'll all move on. I mean, this is the middle book, so it has They're to be They're becoming such good the friends. Worst one. Yeah, they need that sweet, sweet drama. Well, the problem is, is that they weren't really becoming friends with Quell, because Quell thought friendship was letting the rest of them become friends while she was alone and suffering. Yeah, but her and Chess had that lovely drunken night together. Chess doesn't were... remember that. But... <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a really good point. Chess oh, doesn't remember you, that. You think Chess is going to forgive? <laughs> you think Chess of all people? Sure. It How took... else will we get to our happy ending, Meg? It took Chess a whole book to forgive Will for saving her life. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right. Very good point. <laughs> All right. Uh, last week, uh, last week's listener question was, who would voice ITO uh, when it therapizes you? And yeah. for Saf, what does Toblerone's mustache look like? Tom the, Tom the fanboy said- We have to answer this ourselves. Okay. Oh, we do, yeah. yeah. Um... I have an answer ready and prepared. I'm going to play I, a little bit of a podcast for y'all because I love oh. this man's voice. Danny knows it. Um, it's called Wolf 359, Colonel Warren Kepler. Hang on. Sir, I'm not pretending that I haven't made mistakes. I'm going to have to wait to click this mess. I love that man. <laughs> that is the voice that I told would use. All right. What? All right. Yeah. 
like that's a good voice not for me but if you love it then that's great oh i love that voice so much (laughs) i'm just gonna say ito has my therapist voice that's smart you know i should have said that too but it's too late (laughs) no um ito has the voice of um the dog with the broken voice box on up oh oh doug no, not Doug. Doug's voice box works, works fine. But like oh. the leader, the leader of the pack, he's oh, like the big bad the, scary the dog, but his voice box voice. like, so he sounds like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, Ito has the voice of Satoshi Hino, um, who is the voice of Daichi from Haikyuu. <laughs> I support it. Because it would just be really like reassuring and like, I know I can trust that voice and will help me build a great foundation for my life. They chose um the most questionable voice here, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you did. <laughs> I think uh, to- I think Toblerone's mustache would just be like not a Hitler stash, but close enough. Oh, oh god. god. <laughs> but close enough. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. I don't have an answer for this. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I answered last time and I stand by it. I, I like your own. Just an actual Toblerone. Just a straight up Toblerone. Just a straight yeah. up Toblerone. It's like three dimensional. I love that though. I think that that's the only mustache I would be okay with. <laughs> I need I would just Toblerone. Eat it. I would just eat it. Yeah. Oh, it's I need not, it's, my not made of tra- it's still made of hair. Oh, then no, absolutely not. It's just my- hair shaped like a Toblerone. <laughs> my answer then is a chocolate Toblerone. <laughs> that he's so just glued to his face. He's like glued it to his, his yeah. upper lip. <laughs> It seems like a three-dimensional pyramid. So, like, I'm gonna like, buy chocolate. It's I'm gonna buy a Toblerone, so I can take a selfie with a Toblerone yeah. mustache. Then you'll and then I can also eat the Toblerone. <laughs> and then you have a Toblerone. Yeah, like, I love that's Toblerone. Great. Win, win, win. That's the Rogue Potter challenge. Get a Toblerone. Oh, I'm here for that. That is my homework this week, and it is great homework. <laughs> Tom the fanboy said Bruce's mustache looks like if the kaiju Rodan was hatching out of the logo of the Wu-Tang clan, clan but all of it was painted with Stuart Semple's Black 2.0. I that really so appreciate it. specific. It is extremely I specific. I am here for this. This is so fun. And I also really appreciate the idea of a mustache being Black 2.0, which is like the black you cannot comprehend because it is so black that it looks like <laughs> nothing. Like, it looks like a straight up hole in space. Right. Just I love that. I love that. Thank you, Tom. Mm. Um, Tom also said, also ITO would sound like Stephen Fry because he is a man that can be calm and authoritative and disappointed but never accidentally sinister, which is a problem with many of the voices that came to mind before this. God. Uh, also, uh, Tom, it's IT, IT0, which you would know if you read the book. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, that was really me. <laughs> Abigail you would know James. if you read the book. <laughs> Hmm. Sorry. <laughs> Abigail James said, uh, I don't know if I have an answer for ITO's voice, but Bruce definitely has the mustache of Skim- Skimble Shanks the Railway Cat. <laughs> <laughs> and then they also said, Oh my god! There's a good mustache. Then they also said, I answered one question, but I can't answer the other because I can't just keep saying Dexter Jester to every Rogue Pod question. <laughs> you can <laughs> and you, you should. Can and should. <laughs> You know how many answer questions I've answered with Lou Jane? Because it is a lot. Remember when every answer to every question had something to do with higher moth grand higher moth higher grand moth higher grand moth dantuin dantuin the third. Mantuin. Mantuin. Mantuin, Mantuin the third. That's right. Yeah. 
Live your truth, Abigail. Yeah, I'm like, with dicks. Also, why does no one ever give us answers with higher Grand Moff Mantween Mantween the third anymore? What's that guy even up I to? I miss him. I miss him so much. Ago. God. Catch twenty two said might be too late, but one Boosh has a Roly Fingers mustache, mainly because I want to hear Rogue Podron's reaction to the name Roly Fingers. <laughs> Laura slash Laura Kearney's voice. After all, she did manage to talk down Kolot and crew from their initial hostility after she found them on Warlord Gabor's flagship and got them to work together and escape without murderizing everyone. <laughs> okay. I love that. Okay. Um, this magnif- this, this mustache is amazing. This mustache is one, amazing. One, this mustache is amazing. Two, there was a man called Rolling Fingers who paid baseball. Right, I will, like, who had this mustache? Fingers is now in my search history, but there we are. <laughs> That's um, why you gotta open a private a private window. Oh, I should have done <laughs> incognito mode, Danny. Yeah, uh, oh, come on. Are you an amateur? <laughs> Three. Oh, look, he did it for Milwaukee. Never heard of it. Milwaukee. I don't so know. I um, want to three. Pause. I just want to say three. There's a three here. Uh, I love this shout out to Lara Gara because Karen. I miss her. Yeah, yeah, we're dipping into the old days, it seems. Yeah. I miss Colot. <laughs> so. I miss Colot. I want to pause right here and acknowledge these three listeners for actually answering a listener question without any further prompting whatsoever. The rest of you, great answers that are about to come, but it was like pulling teeth to get you to respond. And you know how we feel about that. Again, not throwing the word martyrs out there loosely or lightly or anything, but just saying. It was a lot of work. Just saying. <laughs> Abby said, okay, so I haven't been able to listen because I haven't read the book yet, but the only thing I care about is making Meg happy. So (laughs) ITO would have my voice when it therapizes me because I need to listen to my own damn shit, (laughs) Almeo. That's relatable, though. I love that. (laughs) Jim Merson said, dark greetings, Cowpokes. I typoed. Jim Merso. Greetings, (laughs) Cowpokes. Plurone's mustache is imperial, extra, and very slender, similar to the pencil-thin Gomez mustache, but extending all the way to his jawline. Oh, God. It's awful. His comic book art has a goatee with a mustache that uh, refuses to hold hands uh, under his nose so that it almost looks like a rebel starbird traitor. ITO's voice is deep, soothing, and Patrick Warburton. (laughs) That would be okay. Uh, I have a hard taking him seriously if it was Patrick Warburton. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I would still like it. I still like it. Kronk. Oh, that guy! Oh, yeah. that would be so good! It'd be, like, so fun. Oh my god, I love that. But I would get real distracted. Yeah. We're just very upset at the prospect of Patrick Warburton. Um... <laughs> <laughs> dinner, dinner said, Hi, Toblerone's mustache is steel wool because he has what Mevlar wants. Aww. Melvar. Melvar wants. Oh. Uh, baby. I mean, go- oh, sorry. Go ahead. Melvar. Melvar had what Melvar wanted, <laughs> and it was those claws. <laughs> claws. Baby Yoda apparently said, "Ito uses Fraser's voice, pompous and pedantic." Oh. Whoa! <laughs> Fired. Yeah. I'd find therapist so fast. Uh, Liam said, "I think Ito would have my therapist voice because he has a nice voice, and I appreciate it." <laughs> Um, As always, the most pure answers coming yeah, from him. Very sincere. Yeah. <laughs> yep. X Wings just put a bunch of Civil War Jennifer Jennifer's. Jennifer's. <laughs> <laughs> That's my therapist name, and I was thinking of my therapist, Generals. <laughs> Civil War Generals names. Generals pictures with ah, yes, like Jennifer huge... Grant and Jennifer Lee. <laughs> huge with huge mustaches. These 
amazing. What these the fuck was happening to cause these people to decide this looked good? <laughs> because it looks awful. <laughs> it looks so bad. This is so funny. I'm so I glad am, people don't do this anymore. I am fucking offended. This right one now. with this guy's mustache is so long and thick, it like it goes over his shoulders. Covers his full shoulders. Can you throw it over your shoulder like a continental soldier? In this case, you can. Oh, oh my god, you can! <laughs> I hate it. Um, I'm on his mustache is longer than my hair currently. I, I, I hate. I'm deleting this from the show notes. <laughs> it's gone. It's gone from I the show notes. I can't look at them anymore. X Wings also said, "I have no idea about therapy, but it would really be." It would be really cool to talk to Goliath from Gargoyles for like an hour a week. So hang on, hang on, that. hang on. I haven't watched Gargoyles, but is Goliath Keith David? No, not Keith David. Yes, Keith David. Uh, I don't, I don't know how to answer that question. He's just got a good voice. Goliath Gargoyles. Let me just look this up. It's a nice because, voice. Uh, oh, cool. I like that Wikipedia has his spouses listed, but not voice actor. <laughs> cool. Um, thank you. Thank you for that. I am DB. Let's look that up. <laughs> um, Gargoyles cast. I was right. Keith David. His voice is amazing. Um, I've never watched Gargoyles. Um, but he voiced Anderson in Mass Effect. Oh. And he voices the Arbiter in Halo. Oh. Which is my favorite voice. It's in a existence. good quality voice. It's such a good voice. I love. I love his voice. Whenever I hear it, he turns up in um. I can't remember what it's called. It's that movie. With those two guys being terrible detectives. That's like so many movies. Sad. It's really funny. Um, one of them has a daughter. <laughs> it's set in the seventies, I think. Saf. Um, yeah, so our listener question for this week. <laughs> what is this movie called? What movie I think it's got Seth? the word guys in it. Is it the good guys? So Suara is- said Saruman, <laughs> the white wizard. The nice guys. It's in the nice guys. He turns up in the nice guys and I lost my mind in the cinema he turned up because his voice is beautiful. Sorry, um, continue. Okay, but for, like, does he have a mustache like Saruman? Or yeah, which, which one is Swara answering like here? <laughs> both. Because it could be both. It could be Therapist both. Therapist and also mustache. Okay, Jason said, ITO Def sounds like Daffy Duck and Toby's stash is as follows. And oh my god, a the picture stash? That I have no idea how to describe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's a rectangle face with, a, with like, a, a, a triangle hat. Triangle hat. Um, some scribbly eyes, a pointy nose, a mouth that looks like he is in pain, and uh, a mustache that looks like a very smooth, very wide M, and it is beautiful. Yep. Well described. Oh, yeah. I said, I don't know who Toblerone is, but I'm pretty sure his mustache looks like a chocolate croissant. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that doesn't make that much sense, because chocolate croissants are usually just rectangles. Yeah, they're usually not croissants. So he's just yeah. got a straight up rectangle just, with like chocolate a, on the edge. Just a rectangle <laughs> over his mouth that's just a chocolate. It's just like, whenever he sweats, like chocolate just starts dripping out of his mustache. Oh no. Okay, oh no, that's I'm okay bad. with that. That's bad. That's so, that's so horrible. Um, Bethany said it uses Giancarlo Esposito's voice. End of discussion. I'm oh, yeah, that. Bethany, yeah. right. Yep. Uh, Hulk, I have no. How do you say this? Hocurtis. Hocurtis. Can I say Borat for both? Oh, I, I, I would like Borat to remember the Why hate, is Borat a thing again? It makes me. I would hate that voice. <laughs> to listen to really me too. That would be painful. Yep. <laughs> Peter said to answer both questions. Sam Elliott. 
Okay. Okay. That's legit. Yep. You know what? Yep. That's good. I, I love that. Um, Thomas said David Attenborough for the voice, and Thomas again said I would like to same... change my answer. That's a great posted one. The same <laughs> picture of the Confederate general that X Wings posted, <laughs> where his like mustache bins up into his hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's connected to his mutton chops, which is connected into the hair and to his like into a like neck beard. Yeah, but like, there's still that strip where it doesn't grow under his nose. There's still like none under his nose. A perfect line between his nose and his lip, where (laughs) there's no hair. And this, listeners, was the least egregious of all of the. (laughs) This was the least bad of all of those pictures that we had. (laughs) And oh god, hang on, glistening buddies, glistening buddies. Oh my, I'm giving a glistening buddy to Abigail. I'm giving a glistening boar gullet to X-Wings for making me look at those. <laughs> I, am, I am so upset right now. I want to give a slightly smaller glistening buddy to Jim Merso for the expression, dark greetings, cowpokes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah, you fair. for listening. Thank you for proving that you listened to our podcast. Yep. <laughs> Very much appreciated. Unlike, who is this that doesn't know Toblerone? Brad? I don't know, Brett. <laughs> Brad. <laughs> They're good dogs, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> they're good jokes, Brett. Okay, we they're, need a question for this week. They're uh, jokes, Brett. They are jokes, yes. They are jokes. This week's, oh, this God. week's listener question is, how will Quell dramatically fix things with her squadron? Be as dramatic as possible. Be as dramatic as possible. Hey, I gotta think about this. I have to think because... about this. Me too. It might be a fanfic. We, we'll, we'll see. All right, listeners, hit us up on Twitter with your... Oh, I just wiped my microphone with many, sorry. Um, <laughs> hit us up on Twitter. You just whatted your microphone? I whacked my microphone with my knee. Where oh. is your knee right now? And where is your microphone? Hang on, I'll send you a photo after we finish recording. Are you sitting, um, like, are you sitting like a queer... I'm sitting like a bisexual, yes. Okay, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> Completely understandable. <laughs> Carry on. It is. Like, I know what position that is, where your knee is close to your microphone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, This week's question, which Ash already asked, you can answer on Twitter at RoguePodron. You can email us, RoguePodron at gmail.com. Our website is RoguePodron.com. If you want to know more about how to rotate your syringe around and around clockwise and counterclockwise you can subscribe to our patreon at patreon.com slash where we we have tutorials for exactly that we'll describe it in great detail for you <laughs> subscribe via the rogue podron feed on itunes stitcher podbean spotify pocket cast and any of your favorite pocket catchers pocket pod podcatchers there we go what are you <laughs> to on itunes we don't have any reviews this week and that sucks makes me sad after this bummer of a chapter we need some reviews we truly do. Please. Over All right. <laughs> it's Meg's time. It's Meg's now. So next time we'll be doing Alphabet Squadron colon Shadowfall <laughs> by Alexander Freed, a.k.a. Shadowsan, chapters 10 through 12. And with that, this is Rogue Padron signing off. Pash out. Beep 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 be
But the what's that chapter? What's that chapter name? The high velocity impacts are my tears falling. Yeah, the pitted <laughs> surface is the surface of my Kindle now. Right, because those are just tears violently falling throughout this book. It's so hard to make jokes about it because it's just so depressing. It's so sad.